five to left corner to Aginla. Aginla left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aginla. Three bounds. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right, welcome to Nashville, Tennessee, and welcome to our coverage of the 2023 NHL Draft and NHL Awards from Nashville. Steinberg, Vickers, along with you. This hour of Flames Talk is underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Vicks, what's going on? We're at... uh, we're at uh, the the uh, the the Studio Metro Center is what we'll call this. That's uh, that's where we're doing the program from right now, just outside of downtown Nashville. I uh, I like that. I I don't know if that came right off the top of the it head did. or what, right but it was the, amazing. Right off the top. And of because you referenced it as Nashville, Tennessee, buddy, you're the only ten I see. You know, I've been waiting for one of us to make that joke since uh, arriving here on Sunday, and you were the first to do so. I have not it's, done it. I've I've uh, abstained from doing that the entire time. Kind of embarrassing. It took me this long, though, right? Yeah, it's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, and as they say here in Nashville, how y'all doing? Uh, oh. Available Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. We've got lots to talk about. This hour on Flames Talk as we start to dive in. But I do want to tell you that our NHL draft coverage brought to you by our two great sponsors. Thanks to Calgary Lock and Safe. Uh, summer's here and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. CalgaryLockandSafe.com. And thanks to our friends at uh, South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. We'll be here throughout the week from Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville. And and I guess let's just dive in and set the scene as to what's going on here. Uh, first of all, text line open at 960-960 if you want to jump in. If you got any thoughts, feel free to uh, send them on as, uh, as we're doing this live a little earlier than we normally do it. But of course, it'll be up for you uh, via podcast as per normal. But here's kind of what we're hearing uh, as day one of draft week really gets going. It's also the night of the NHL awards. And right now, Vix, the Flames are are not the big topic in Nashville. We thought they were going to be one of the big topics coming in, but everyone's talking about that Philly St. Louis deal. Everyone's talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. Is he going to be an LA King? Is he going to be a Montreal Canadian? Um, there's not going to be GMs meetings this year. There are sometimes are general managers meetings. Sometimes there are not general managers meetings at the draft. They're not doing GMs meetings this year. And and honestly. I'm not sure if we're going to hear from Craig Conroy prior to the NHL draft on Wednesday. And obviously, if something happens, he'll address it. But if something doesn't happen between now and Wednesday or now and Thursday, I'm not necessarily anticipating the new GM of the Flames to come out and just, you know, talk to everybody at large and address all the speculation. And I thought about that because unless they make a trade, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, doing a media media availability or doing a meeting with Friedman there and Saravalli there and Drager there and LeBron there and all the, the big names – I don't know how productive it would be for the Flames. I don't know how productive it would be for what Conroy's trying to get done here. Yeah, as much as we'd like to get some face time with the... Do, you, do we still call him the new GM of the Calgary Flames, or can we just say the GM of the Calgary well, Flames? He's point? been on the job for less than a month. So okay, I think so we can still do the new part. Yeah. As much as you'd like to rub elbows with him and bend his ear on some things and get his take on the seemingly circus that's surrounding the Calgary Flames in terms of their four pending unrestricted free agents and the rumors circling around them, whether or not they're staying, whether or not they're going. But from an execution standpoint for the Calgary Flames organization, radio silence is best. There's nothing to be said through the media that is going to help the Calgary Flames and Craig Conroy negotiate, whether it's with the player or with other teams in terms of looking at trade. Silence is key for Craig Conroy right now. Yeah, it just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't do him a whole lot like to to come out and be peppered with questions and and try to address or deflect or whatever. And honestly, I don't think a whole lot has changed. A couple of things like we're still waiting on Elias Lindholm. We the Flames are still waiting on Elias Lindholm in terms of whether or not he is interested in 
accepting the offer they have on the table or if he's willing to negotiate on the deal they have on the table if there's you know there can be more conversations that come from it so we don't know what's happening on the Lindholm front other than they're waiting uh they're still looking at moving Hannafin and Toffoli we'll get to Michael Backlund in a second because he is the you know with the NHL awards going on Monday he's the focus for the Flames right now but the the Toffoli thing is interesting because I think that the 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 way Elliot Friedman reported it, I think, is a really important way of of discussing it. In that he's been made available for trade is the way Elliot Friedman reported it, and I think a big reason for that is because the initial ask from the Toffoli camp is something like I I, I do believe that there is a contract or they they've you know had talks and I do believe the flames have, you know, put something forward to Toffoli, but I think what the Toffoli camp is looking for from a couple of people that I've spoken to, and this is more outside the flames organization. Um, in fact, all outside the flames organization, I think that the term is something the Flames are a little leery of, the the term the Toffoli camp is looking for. So I think that's why he's available for trade. I think that the, the they're, they're a little – there's a fair gap between what the Flames are thinking and what the Toffoli camp is thinking specifically on the term of the deal, the length of the deal. And so the Flames are being, Flames are being pretty pragmatic about it. Like we – you know, that the – I don't know what the term is, um, but – I think longer than the flames are looking for. And so, Hey, this is what we're willing to do, but we also, we also need to make a smart deal. And if you're not interested in doing that, then we we do have to at the very least um, go down the trade route. So that's, that's kind of where I think things are on the Toffoli front and why he has been made available for trade. I think that's the reasoning why. Okay. And you kind of just, uh, described it from the team perspective. I'm going to go from, from the player perspective here in Tyler Toffoli, who's coming off a career year, 34 goals, 73 points, led the Flames. His deal expires, he'll be 32. So his next deal could, in theory, be the retirement contract. Yep. He's going to want to go as much money and as much term as possible. And if that's going to be a hiccup for the Calgary Flames, then yeah, both sides are well within their rights to sort of try to figure out what, what they can do what the team is willing to do, what the player is willing to do. And if there's not an agreement, then it certainly makes sense to put them on the open market and see what you can fetch for them for a return. Because again, we know the Calgary Flames and Craig Conroy isn't interested in having a whole bunch of players that are pending unrestricted free agents enter the season without contracts. So if you can't come to terms with one of your players, it only makes sense to explore what yeah. you can fetch for. And, and that's just it. Like, I just, I, I think that you need to be really smart about um, what you're doing and, and to go, you know, if, you, if you're going to be, I, for me, with where Toffoli is right now, I don't know if you can go much more, in, in my opinion, much more than four years if you're the Flames based on what they already have uh, and the number of 30-plus contracts they've got yep. going yep. well into the, the late 2020. So I don't think you can go a whole lot more than four years. And I think that the what the Toffoli camp is looking for is more than four years. And so that's that's like it's okay to yeah, that, that's that's not where we are on the one side and the Toffoli camp side, that's not where we are. And I think Toffoli will fetch the flames a really good return if that's what they're looking for. Um and I think that uh, I think that Toffoli will get a nice contract as an unrestricted free agent, especially if he has another really strong season next year. So whether it's in Calgary or elsewhere. Um, So that's, I get it. The Flames have got to be pretty pragmatic about what they're doing. They have to be pretty smart about the contract extensions that they are putting on the table. And yeah, of course, Elias Lindholm is going to get eight years and a guy like Toffoli's not. That's just the way things are right now. And so I'm I'm curious to see Toffoli and Hannafin are the two that I would really expect, expects the wrong word. Those would be the two that would be the top of the power rankings for me in terms of potential to get dealt between now and when the draft's over on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And just to circle back to Tyler Toffoli, you mentioned four years. Even for me playing armchair GM, that might be a little too rich for my blood, depending on the cap hit, of course, which you and I can negotiate off the air later if we're going to get hung up on three and four. But yeah. I think we've come to an understanding, an agreement that Noah Hannafin's tenure with the Calgary Flames seems to, at least from the outside, be coming to a close. And Tyler Toffoli in a similar situation in that, again, 
pending unrestricted free agent. Craig Conroy is not interested in having guys walk without getting any return. To me, Tyler Toffoli makes sense as a, as a piece to move, especially if you want to get more young players in the lineup. You yeah. want to inject some youth. You want to regain, recoup some assets that maybe you need to flip later on to, to bring in other players. Um, those two, to me, make the most sense at this point. Let's uh, talk about Michael Backlund. We're going to hear from him in just a second. I spoke with him earlier on this Monday in Nashville. He is up for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy a little bit later on on this Monday. He's one of the finalists along with uh, Anders Lee of the New York Islanders and Darnell Nurse of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the King Clancy goes to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. Uh, previous Flames winners, uh, Jerome Ginla won it in 2004. Joe Neuendijk won it in 1995. And Lanny McDonald won it in 1988. So that would be pretty darn good company yeah. for Backlund to be in if he does go on to win it on Monday night. Uh, guys like Robin Regeer, Mark Giordano have also been finalists and nominated for this award in the past. So it's it's super cool. And and we'll get into we'll get into more on the Clancy in a second with Michael, but I just want to say it is super cool that a guy that has been so involved in Calgary and Southern Alberta from a not for profit and and charitable angle, um, and and working in the community for him to be recognized is super cool. But again, everybody's talking about his future now. I uh, I did not ask Michael about his future or any of the speculation because um, was was asked by by Michael and the team like we want to keep this focus on the King Clancy and I, I fully understand and respect that and as, as it should be because yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's why Michael's down here. Uh, now on Sunday as we were traveling in the media availability for the NHL awards was going on uh, Michael was asked about a couple of things and, and I did talk to him off mic about this and look th there's not a whole lot he can say about some of the reports out there all the, the, the basically what he said and what he said on Sunday is Right now, it's all speculation, and he, his, I guess what he's saying, and I guess the, 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 I'm trying to think of the right term, the party line would be that what he said back in April on Locker Cleanout Day is still where he is right yeah. now. He's waiting and seeing, and he hasn't made a decision and wants to know the way things are going to go between now and, and when the Flames make some of their big decisions. So that's kind of where Michael Backlund remains. And then the other thing he did address on Sunday, and I talked to him a little bit again off mic about this on Monday, is the idea that he was upset about not getting the captaincy and was lobbying to be the captain captain and he he really was adamant on Sunday um and and was adamant again uh today that you know, it never he never um he never lobbied for for being the cat to be the captain he was not upset that they didn't name a captain uh he really wanted to kind of quell that conversation uh down here in Nashville as well and he said that to a number of reporters on Sunday so just wanted to throw those two things out there but again it's it's weird because you know, from a flame standpoint, you've got Michael Backlund here. He's up for a really, really important award and one that he feels very strongly about the King Clancy. And yet everybody wants to ask him about his future. Everybody wants to ask him about whether or not he wants to be traded or or um, where he wants to go or if this report or that report is true. It's a strange situation that he finds himself in. I think it is compounded by the fact that there's the Lindholm rumors, the Hannafin rumors, the Toffoli rumors. Like if this is a one-off on Michael Backlund, I don't necessarily think it generates as much buzz, but because there was that catastrophic, not the right word, but that avalanche of news that came out, was it last Thursday? Yeah. With all the report after report after report, and then you pile on Mitch Love on top of it, leaving for the Washington Capitals. I think it just became too loud a narrative for the hockey market in general to ignore, and he's the only one here of those names that are mentioned so yeah he's going to get all that attention directed towards him whether it's his future whether it's the team's future so on and so forth um on the captaincy thing when that came out it was it struck me as a little odd because it like the report itself knowing michael backland for a decade it seemed out of character like it didn't seem like something i'm not saying i know michael backland inside out but it didn't strike me as in his nature character to be like, I want the captain. I want to, I want to be the captain. I want to be the captain. Make me the captain. I'm sad. I'm not the captain. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like his way of operating. So to, to hear you put it the way you did kind of puts it into perspective and makes sense a little bit more. And 
it just kind of, yeah, that's that report just didn't seem to stick or, or, you know, it hits your ear, you read it and it's like, yeah, that's not what I really see from Michael Backlund. Yeah. And there's, I've seen that in a few different places now about that. And so again, he he, uh, talked about that on Sunday at the awards availability and uh, adamant that that, that wasn't the case. A few texts, nine sixty nine sixty. this one from Dylan in Revelstoke. From what I understand, some of these guys want term that Conroy isn't willing to go, go, which is great considering what they have on the books already. It's not that they want out of Calgary and there's a mass exodus and cause for panic. It's that the GM's trying to manage assets. Flames fans aren't used to it. They're used to too much, too long, or the guy leaving for nothing. It's refreshing. And and I, that's probably on the Toffoli front especially. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's Toffoli saying, I don't want to be here. I think it's Toffoli's camp wanting one thing and the Flames only willing to go to a point. So they're a little far apart when it comes to where they are on contract talks. And as such, they're willing to make a trade. And, and as Craig said, going Back to his introductory news conference, he's not interested in going into next season with a large number of players on expiring contracts. Like if they if they were to have Tanev and Zadorov on, and, and those are the two guys yeah. on expiring contracts next year. Even if you put Backlund in that conversation, knowing how much of a pro he is, he's a you know he's only been a member of the Flames, and so if if he were to walk for nothing, I don't think that you're as upset about that because he's been with you his entire career. He's 35 years old, but to go in with a good chunk of those seven guys still unsigned and not traded. Yeah. It's, it's just something that I don't think Craig is, is super interested in doing right now. And to circle back on the text that you just read out, was it Brad for living that always said, yeah, you got to be mindful of the cap, but what can really kill you is term. Yeah. So even, even at a palatable cap hit, if you give up too much term, you're going to handcuff yourself and it's not, that's not, that's not how Craig Conroy wants to introduce himself to the league as GM, um, making a bunch of deals yep. for the sake of making deals and ignoring term because you've got to be very mindful of anything that's probably more than three years. Like you have to really commit and really believe to give somebody more than three years. I think three is kind of the magic number. I, again, circling back to it because three is short term pain if it doesn't work out. Yep. Anything longer is just trouble you're just asking for trouble it's uh steinberg vickers with you from nashville and the 2023 nhl draft let's check in with michael backland he's up for the king clancy he is here in nashville i spoke with him ahead of awards night a little earlier on this monday tell us about who's here with you because first of all that's got to be the coolest part being able to uh bring some family down and and be able to share this whole thing with some important people hey yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to have uh, my wife Frida here and uh, my dad. Uh, he's here as well. So it's been a good trip so far and uh, it's been fun showing them Nashville. And yeah, it's uh, always fun to share special moments, the close ones. And um, I mean, if Sweden would have been closer, I probably would have brought more people. But uh, yeah, so uh, could have brought a lot of people. It's very special to us, but uh, it's nice to have Frida and my dad here. So you, we talked to you a few weeks ago, and you were about to head home to Sweden. You brought everybody back, and then you get a call a few weeks later, and here you are back in Nashville. So it's been uh, a lot of back and forth. What, uh, how, how's, how's it feeling? How has it been being back there and then back in North America in such a short period of time? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, haven't done this since like when I was drafted, when I had to go to combine draft, uh, development camp, and then Lake Placid. It was back and forth, but now. I'm just happy this time it's just me and Frida and not the kids. Uh, yeah. I mean, we miss them, but I don't want them to have to go through the jet lag again. It's, uh, it takes for them, for Oliver, it took about eight days for him to really settle into Swedish time. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to leave them behind. But, um, but yeah, it was good to be home for a little bit and uh, see some family, friends, enjoy our house. And had a quick trip to Spain with my friends, my buddies. Oh, and um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it's been busy. Uh, so after this, it'll be nice to get home and kind of have a little more, more relaxed time in Sweden. What uh, What does this all mean to you? Being here, representing the Flames, and being honored for all that you've done in Calgary and, and Southern Alberta, and what does this all mean to you? Oh, it means a lot. I'm really excited to be here in Nashville and to be to be around all these the elite uh, being participating in awards is very special something you know when you're a kid you always 
that was very cool with the words and um, just to get the call to come here is really special and then to be nominated for such a nice award it's, I feel very humbled and honored to be nominated and in um, um, great company as well so um, yeah it's and it's also you know a good time to, you know that brings up some attention to my duties yeah. uh, back in Calgary and um, yeah so it, it feels uh, it feels very special to be here for sure so the when did you because you knew you were a team nominee how'd you find out you were going to be one of the three finalists uh peter and amanda called me and uh well i had to really you know when i did the last interview with you i, yeah. I kind of oh, so you knew that yeah, i knew but i wasn't you know i had to keep it down i had a pretty good idea but yeah i uh so it was hard uh not to tell you guys but uh but yeah yeah they called me uh, that week i think it was a couple a few days before okay. um so i had to keep it on the quiet for like five days or something like that five or seven days and um yeah i mean i during may here when i went to the ring to work out a little bit i saw peter and amanda a few times and they're like we're really hoping we think it's a really good chance you're gonna get to go to nashville i'm like yeah we'll see you know don't think anything granted and and then when they call we're just really excited um just yeah super excited that we get an opportunity to be here and and uh yeah, just like I said, be be around all the best players in the league and yeah. uh, share this moment. You don't ever start doing things like what what you've done with the ALS Society for Alberta and Special Olympics and all. You don't you don't start doing that for recognition, but to see that it has been recognized and and people have taken notice and your peers have taken notice. What is what does that mean to you? You know, it, it feels special. Uh, but like you said, it's not why I do it and why I start doing it. Uh, I just really want to help people, and uh, uh, something I, you know, in a selfish way, enjoy make me feel good to help other people uh, to, to make them feel better or whatever it can be. And uh, um, it, but yeah, it's a very very special to be here and to be nominated for this award. Um, get that recognition to be a good person is never a bad thing, and. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no. Like I said, I never expected or thought of it. And then last few years, I've been nominated from the team and start think about it a little bit. Maybe I get to go. And but like I said, I uh, never expected it. Or uh, so it's really cool to be here. Take a look at the Flames who have won this before, whether it's Jerome or Joe Duendike, and there's a long list of guys who have won it. What does that mean to be able to carry that tradition on for the Flames? Yeah, it's great. Uh, some really uh, great people um, and really good hockey players too, but especially really good people that take done a great job in the community of Calgary. And you know, when I came into Calgary, Jerome was one of the guys that I looked up to, uh, and uh, you could tell how much he did in the community. And I wanted, I looked up to him, and I wanted to do the same thing. And um, just like Reggie and Gio as well, and some other guys as well, they were all doing their parts. And uh, so for me, it was easy to see what they were doing and start doing it myself. So do you do you know right now? You you won't know if you've won until later, right? Or do you already have an idea? No, I'm okay, okay. no clue. So no. you're not you're not keeping that one. You're not keeping no, that I one under wraps. I promise. Okay. I'm not lying. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I won't. I think I won't find out until I, until I sit there okay. and call out with the winner. Have you uh, have you figured out if you if you do win? Like, do you have a speech written? How does that work? Yeah, I, I talked a bit about Peter Allen. Um, he sent me. He sent me some thoughts and but also me and Frida went through it a little bit and okay. you want to be prepared but I'm not going to bring up a sheet or anything I want to be natural uh, but I have been thinking about it and I want to be well prepared and I want it to be natural so I haven't overdone it uh, I want to use simple words yeah. uh, this is my second language and if I get nervous I don't want to be up there and not know what to say so it's like just natural stuff that I came up with and uh, with some help Frida and Peter and um yeah, so I'm sure I'll be nervous if it happens, and hopefully I can complete the speech that I was <laughs> hoping to do. <laughs> the uh, you're you're around all the the other NHLers, and you've talked about that a couple of times, just being around all these other high end guys. What what has that been like? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I haven't I, since we're staying in a different hotel. I haven't seen a ton of them, but I went to meet Abelbidoli yesterday and uh, got to meet some of the guys and. It's always fun to catch up to guys off the ice, and there's some guys here that I know. Uh, obviously, Chucky and a couple of Swedish players, uh, Olmark and Eric Hallson that I played with before, and um, yeah, and some new 
new faces uh, you know I got to say hi to and introduce myself to and so it's always fun to meet other players um, off the ice that is Michael Backlund. He's up for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy later on this Monday at the 2023 NHL Awards here in Nashville. And if he does end up winning it, I think he's got a great chance of winning it. It'll be very, very well-deserved from Michael uh, with what he's done for AL, uh, the uh, ALS Society Alberta, what he's done with Special Olympics Calgary, his creation of parachutes for pets. Um He's he's done a lot of good things in the Calgary and uh, Southern Alberta communities. And um, as Wedley just writes, if Bax wins, will Pat scream like he did on the stampede ejection seat? I might. I might, it, might, it might be a loud scream. I might be the first person who reacts in the entire building if Michael Backlund wins the Will it reverberate through the bowels of Bridgestone oh, yes. Arena in Nashville? Oh, yes, without question. Everybody, everybody will hear it. Uh, and you know what? I hope he does win it because it would be super, super well-deserved if he did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I, I absolutely think that um, – I, I absolutely think that it would be uh, – uh, take a look at how long he's been doing it for and no knock on what Darnell has done in Edmonton. He's been a huge part of that community and the the stuff that Anders Lee has done with the New York Islanders is really, really cool too. It just, Michael's been doing this a long time. He's been a multiple time nominee from the team. So it just, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess. I have no idea, uh, but it would not surprise you me sure? in the slightest. You did, Bax didn't give you, like he said, he didn't know. And you could kind he of was very. He's voice. like, no, I swear, I swear I'm not, I'm not trying you're not to hold holding out. One. You're not, not holding out on me, time. are you? Like no. he didn't tell you and then you've got to hold it. No, I don't know. Either. It would be, it would be fun, nice and honor to see him win. You mentioned ALS Society for Alberta. He and Frida have raised more than $400,000. Uh, he's welcomed more than 100 families to games uh, that are affected by ALS, Ambassador for Kids Cancer Care, as you mentioned, Special Olympics, and, of course, Lily's Legacy, the partnership with Parachute for Pets. Like, the list goes on and on. I'm sure yeah. there's stuff that's certainly not even listed here that he he finds a way to be involved in. He's uh, He's a Calgarian now. And he certainly isn't shy to get back to the community. Uh, we're coming at you from Nashville. It's uh, day one of our 2023 NHL draft coverage. More on Tuesday than full coverage of the draft on Wednesday and Thursday. And our coverage from Nashville, Tennessee, is brought to you by our friends at South Trail Chrysler. Uh, this Wednesday through Saturday is South Trail Chrysler's big trade-in event. Uh, top exporters and wholesalers sailors will be on site. Go to SouthTrailChrysler.com to get... Uh, uh, get top dollar for your trade-in. Thanks to South, South Trail Chrysler and Calgary Lock and Safe for being along with us on our NHL Draft Coverage 2023. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's Hockey Station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Continuing along on this Monday from Nashville as Draft Week and Awards Week is well underway. Uh, happy to be with you. Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers along with you on this Monday edition of Flames Talk. And it was late last week. In fact, it was Friday officially when the Flames made it all uh, good to go. And that is their coaching staff made official for the 2023-24 season and beyond. We know Ryan Huska, the head coach. We know the returns of Kale McLean, Jason LaBarbera, and Jamie Pringle. And then the two new additions to the staff, Mark Savard running the forwards and the power play, and the gentleman we're just about to talk to right now as we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in new Flames assistant coach and Nashville resident. Uh, Dan Lambert joins us on the program right now. Dan, really appreciate the time on this Monday. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, and and uh, it's got to be it's got to be nice. The Flames are coming to you. You just uh, you just got to stay here in Nashville, and then the entire hockey op staff flies to you. Hey, yeah, got got pretty fortunate this year, that's for sure. And uh, lovely weather we're having out here, isn't it? Yeah, oh. it's, uh, it's muggy. I'll say yeah. that much. It's uh, it, uh, <laughs> it is humid. We're gonna have to come over and borrow your laundry machine. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Golfing in this weather, you're literally drenched after hole number two. So it's uh, yeah, it's something different than uh, than out west. That's for sure. No doubt. Well, uh, Dan, I guess just uh, take us through your excitement level, your feelings of uh, joining the Flames coaching staff. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to get an opportunity to work with Ryan again. Uh, obviously, we you know we have a history. I started my coaching career working alongside of him and learning from him. And then obviously he moved on, and and uh, and then here we are again. I guess it's uh, seven or eight eight years later. I guess, and mm-hmm. and obviously we've worked with different people, and and uh, we're we're looking forward to to getting together again. I'm really looking forward to working with the other coaches as well. I mean, I think uh, Ryan has put together a really good staff. So take us through the process this time around as to how you uh, got back in touch with Ryan and and how this all came to be. Well, (laughs) you know, it was was one of those things when after Ryan um, got hired, I reached out to him, congratulated him, um, and I can't remember now whether I got let go first or he got hired. It was, I think, very similar time. Uh, and then I guess he, he, you know, we, we started texting back and forth. Then he called me and was wondering if, if I would have any interest in going to Calgary. And, and I wasn't sure, you know, like right after you get let go, typically you have a bit of a mourning phase where, uh, you know, your feelings are hurt and you're sad and you're upset that, you know, for what for many reasons um but then you know we started talking having a few conversations here and there and uh and then when i recognized that ryan was was actually serious that he wanted to possibly consider me as one of his assistants uh then we started having more serious talks and eventually that led to having conversations with craig conroy and uh don maloney and 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 brad pascal and then eventually it led to um, to a contract offer. So obviously, I was thrilled. It was a process that um, I thought went pretty smoothly. But when I first congratulated Ryan, it wasn't necessarily to look for a job, to be honest with you. But yeah. uh, really happy and proud, proud that it, it led to that. You mentioned your relationship with Ryan goes back to your first coaching job with Cologne in the Western Hockey League. I'm just wondering, what kind of dirt can you give us on Ryan Huska, circa 2009? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can give you any dirt. I mean, uh, I might get fired before I work at this. So I'm <laughs> going to keep it. I'm going to keep. It. But you know what? The one thing Ryan always. I mean, his his family was really young. In fact, I want to say Denise was uh, pregnant with with Luke when we first started working together. So um, it was a very different Ryan. I'm sure in many ways, in the sense that he had a young young girl, young family. Uh, and then, you know, a uh, pregnant wife and everything else. And now it's amazing, you know, to see the girls in, in university, Luke becoming a young teenager. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun just to, uh, to reconnect for sure. Well, and I wanted to, I wanted to double back on, on some of the, you said there when talking about the, the process, because I, I thought it was interesting to hear you talk about, yeah, when, when, uh, when, when, when job comes to an end and when you get let go, you kind of go through that mourning phase and you're frustrated and, and, and your feelings are hurt and all that type of stuff. But I'm curious now that you are kind of jumping from one to the next as, as quickly as it has gone and you're now with the flames so soon afterwards what what is that like like does it help i I would imagine it does but how how much does it help with the sting of of the time in nashville coming to an end well it it certainly helps to be honest with you but i think the thing that helps the most there's many things but i can start with a having the relationship with ryan knowing what what I'm getting myself into as far as the work relationship. I, I'm sure that my relationship with the other coaches, uh, the team, everything else, that's just going to grow. Um, as. And then secondly, you know, I am a Western Canadian uh, person. I, yeah. you know, I, I, I grew up in, in Western. I grew up in just south of Winnipeg. My wife's from Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Her dad is still in Swift Current. She has a brother in Edmonton. My two daughters live in Calgary, or two of my three daughters live in Calgary. So, it, you know, like there's a lot of connections in Calgary, to be honest with you. And uh, and that's also another thing that's really exciting is, uh, you know, as a, as a, a young a young man growing up, um, watched the Flames. They were a great team late in the you know late '80s, early '90s. Great hockey teams. They'd always battle Edmonton, Winnipeg. They had good teams. They could never get by Calgary or Edmonton. So there's just so many things that um, a lot of neat feelings. Uh, became good friends with Terry Crisp, 
who lives in Nashville, who won a Stanley Cup as a coach in Calgary. Cool feelings that are coming by. And ironically, my wife and I, back in 91, we went to Calgary and we were going to buy a home there. Uh, we never did. So, something happened during that process. But anyway, we, uh, but just Calgary's always been a, a very, um, uh, well, a place that we always thought was really a great city in Western Canada, maybe the best one in our minds. And, and uh, we're excited that we're going to get an opportunity now in 2023 to live there. That's very cool. And, and you know, Aaron asked you about, you know, getting some, some dirt on Ryan Huska, but I do wonder, like, you've worked with him as an assistant before. You talked about how you started your coaching career on, on Ryan's staff. So I'm just, you've, you've worked with him as a head coach before. You have then seen from afar him grow as, as a head coach in the American League, as, as an assistant in the NHL. Just, just tell us about Ryan Huska, the coach, and, and what makes him good at what he does and what makes him him the right fit to, to be a head coach in the NHL? Well, I think first and foremost, um, he's, A, he's a great person. I, I think that's where you have to start because um, guys, players know that Ryan cares about them not only as, as hockey players but also as people. I think that's probably the you know one of his strongest um, assets that he has. Secondly, he's, he's super detailed. Um, you know, he's a student of the game. He wants to continually learn. Um, I remember even in the, sh- well, it's not a short time. We were together for five years, but yeah. you know, as we, as we coached together, um, when he, when he got experiences to go be an assistant for the world juniors, and he always came back and had new ideas and, and he was excited about trying these different things. Um, and so, so just his ability or his open-mindedness in growing as a coach, um, was evident back then, and uh, I can only imagine now having all this experience, uh, both the American League and the NHL as an assistant. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be, uh, you know, tons of exciting things, and, and uh, I'm sure between the two of us, I know we've both grown, we've both worked under different people, and you'll, you always learn good, bad, and different. Uh, so uh, it's it's really exciting. We are chatting with New Flames assistant coach Dan Lambert. He's joining us here on Flames Talk on this Monday. It's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. Vix? I'm curious. You mentioned, you know, the evolution of Ryan as a coach. I know you haven't been on the bench with him since Kelowna, but I'm wondering if in conversation with him and in running into him, how his approach has evolved uh, over the course of his coaching career. You mentioned Kelowna, the AHL, and now the NHL. Well, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I know that we had many conversations when he was in the American League. Um, I was coaching in, in Kelowna and Junior and, and just, you know, comparing notes and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's, there's always, um, it is a big difference when you're dealing with teenagers compared to young pros at the American League level, although you, you sometimes have 30-year-olds as well. Um, and then, but I think it's always easy because you're 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 dealing with players that want to grow. They they all want to get better. The the players, you know, from the Western League, they want to get to the American League or NHL. The league players from the American League want to get to the NHL, or maybe have older vets that are that are okay being leaders in the American. Like it's just a t- different phases. And I think as a coach, you have to learn to manage those people. Uh, when you're when you're dealing with a player that is going to high school compared to one that's going home to a family with kids, possibly, um, you, you have to treat them differently, treat them like men, treat them fair. And uh, and I know that, again, th- those are all things that Ryan does extremely well. So um, as far as, as his days in Calgary, uh, we, we've we've continually continually talked but we didn't compare notes that much because, you know, at the end of the day, we were trying to beat each other. So <laughs> Fair uh, in our conversations, we, we kind of kept it more, more of a friendly thing. How are the kids doing? So on and so forth. So, For you, you've gone through the Western League with Kelowna, with Spokane. You've got some time in the NHL, obviously, in the AHL. For you, how have you adapted your approach, whether it be tactically or even on the relationship building side of things with players? Um, well, I, I think you're, you're continually growing. And I think the, the biggest thing is relationships. Uh, I, I truly believe that um, with your players at, at all of those levels, you have to have good relationships with them. 
Um, you know, I coached, for example, on, on the Flames, I coached Dylan Dubé when he was a 16-year-old. And ironically, you know, Dylan called me the first day that I was hired and he was excited. Well, I believe that that's because of the relationship we built together, um, you know, uh, at 16. Doesn't mean that I was easy on him. In fact, he could tell you a few stories that I wasn't. But at the end of the day, he knows that I, I wanted the best for him. And I think that's that's no different uh, whether you talk to uh, Dylan DeBay from the past or maybe a, a Roman Yossi in Nashville. You know, I think it's really important that you have good relationship with your players and uh, and when you have players that, that want to be coached and want to learn and want to get better, it certainly helps. Um, but in saying that, um, it, it's all about relationships. And, and I know that R- Ryan has a very uh, familiar or, or similar philosophy as far as that goes. And I think that's why that, um, you know, we're both excited to work together again. I'm, you know, I'm really curious, Dan, about your uh, your responsibilities. You're going to um, kind of most focus on working with the defensemen and running the penalty kill. Coming after you, you were working with the forwards and doing the power play in Nashville. I just, you know, you go from one one discipline to the next or one area to the next, and it jumps like that. Is that a is that going to be? Do you anticipate a big adjustment for you, or is it? just kind of same philosophies put into, uh, um, uh, I guess, a different discipline. I'm curious about making that adjustment from one job to the next. Well, to be honest with you, as a player, I was a defenseman. So um, when I worked with Ryan, when I worked with Ryan, I worked with the defenseman and the power play. Now, um, so as a player, like, so when I came to Nashville, I, I guess my role wasn't, truly the the forwards it was the power play and i would assist mostly with the defenseman with todd richards when uh when um peter laviolette got let go here in nashville and john hines came on for the remainder of that season i actually ran the d and the power play um and obviously kevin mccarthy got let go at the same time so that left that void so you know john's like well you, you just run the d and I did, and I, you know, I didn't have an, I mean, that, that's a natural thing for me. It's probably easier to do that than, you know, you talk about working with the forwards. Um, that's more of a learnt thing for me. Okay. Where playing D, playing D was, was what I did, and uh, that's the position what I'm the most familiar with. Now, running the PK is going to be something a little bit different. Um, thank goodness Ryan is the head coach, and it's what he's done over the last number of years. So um, I'm going to lean on him over the summer to to uh, give me some of his his uh, thoughts on penalty kill. I'm going to talk to other people that I've worked with in the National Hockey League, Dan Heinold, to name one, Dan Muse. Like these are guys that ran PKs that I was when I was around. Um, so I, I think there's it, it's I've got homework to do for sure over the summer. But the good thing is I've got a, a great teacher that's going to be right there um, with me. Um, you know, guiding me. And, and that's that's what we do as a staff as we work together. When you take a look at the uh, defensemen that you'll have the opportunity to be working with in Calgary, what, what excites you about the group that you're walking into? Well, you know, um, there's no doubt that I'm going to be watching a lot of video here over the next, well, for the remainder of the summer. Um, but I am excited when, when I look at, of the the whole picture, I feel like it's very well rounded. You've got some offensive defensemen, you've got some skaters, you've got some size that can be physical, be hard. You've got some penalty killers, um, you know. So I, I think those are those, that's all exciting for me because it's not like oh, you know, we're really um, great skaters, but we're really small. Or I mean, you've got a really good balance of everything, which I feel um, you know you you've got to put those guys in in in. I guess in their chair that they're they're best at and they're most familiar familiar with to get the best out of them and and that's what the plan is and and certainly again Ryan's been running the D so um I'll be listening to how he used them and then seeing if there's any you know little quick tweaks that we can do that maybe we can get even more out of them than, than we have we uh, we talked to Ryan on Friday uh, after the coaching staff was finalized, and he said, "Yeah, you know the penalty kill and the D that that's been my baby, so it's it's going to be tough to to give that up." Do you feel any extra pressure knowing that, yeah. that he, your new boss that was the area Good that luck. he was <laughs> that he was involved in? 
Well, there's no doubt that there's going to be uh, some some discussion on how things, you know, especially if I want to tweak a few things. Um, I, I'm going to be reminded of how things were done when he was doing it, and that's all part of it. That's all the, the growth that we're that we're going to have. And and uh, you know, again, it's it's not like the penalty kill has failed. So I'm I'm going to learn a lot from Ryan, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. If my memory serves me correctly, Craig Conroy mentioned in the hiring, the introductory press conference for Ryan Huska, he mentioned an extensive PowerPoint. I'm wondering if uh, if Ryan shared that with you at all, and you've had to go through the presentation as well. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I did see snippets of it, but I haven't gotten the whole thing. But uh, that's certainly part of the video that I'll be getting here, I'm sure, uh, by by the end of this week or early next week. What uh, what what excites you about working with Mark Savard, the other new addition to the coaching staff? Well, well, first of all, I mean, Mark, I think is is uh, he's got a tremendous mind, specifically offensively, and and that's always exciting to work with guys that um, not only are coaches, but in this case, he was a phenomenal player, uh, played close to a thousand games in, in the NHL, and probably would have played well over that had he not been injured and um so i'm excited to learn from him um you know from what i understand well a he's got a past in in calgary where he played there and so on and so forth so i think i'm sure he's excited to uh to come home uh for lack of a better word and and i think that just um you know having worked with the power play i'm anxious to see how how he does things and and if there's any ideas that we can bounce off one another as well i mean I think it's important to know that, yeah, you know, you have your <clears throat> you have your niche that you're working on as a coach or as an assistant coach, but realistically, um, we do bounce a lot of ideas off one another. Sometimes you get jammed up when you know if things don't go well or if things are going really well, but you you know you you always want to try to tweak it and make it better. And uh, and this is where I think Mark's going to be a huge uh, huge addition to our staff. One, it's and and that's kind of one of the last places I wanted to go with you, Dan, because uh, Ryan talked extensively on Friday when we spoke with him about how much collaboration he wanted with this coaching staff. I wonder how much of that has been uh, relayed to you, and and as you just talked about, you've run a power play, you had an extremely successful power play in Nashville. Now you're bringing the Flames, bringing Mark Savard to run that, and there's some collaboration ideas there. And and you talked about learning from Coach Huska on the penalty kill. I just how how much has that spirit of collaboration been relayed to you? Well, I, 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 we we haven't discussed it that thoroughly, but I do know how Ryan, well, how he used to run things way back when in Kelowna, and we discussed everything. You know, um, we used to have first it was Ryan and I, and and, and Ryan Cuthbert who was. Who, couple of years later uh, moved on to, to different things but you know we always talked about everything and Ryan uh, I think really wanted to have our input uh, in every situation whether it was power play PK D zone neutral zone just just talk about things discuss it come up with the best plan and then and then try to uh, sell it to the players so uh, I'm guessing that that probably hasn't changed much um, okay. because that's the type of person he is. So what uh, what does the the rest of the summer look like for you then, Dan? When uh, when do you start to uh, make your way to Calgary? When do you start to get settled in the new city? I'm curious what the next few weeks or months look like for you. Well, you know, my wife and I are are discussing that as we speak. To be honest with you, so we're you know the the draft is here, which is nice because we don't have to go anywhere. Um, but I believe that on on Saturday. Um, my wife and I are going to fly to Calgary. We're going to spend a few days there looking for for a home, um, and then the process of uh, you know then we'll come back. Hopefully, we can find something that we're comfortable with, and and uh, and I'm sure we will. And then we're going to come back to Nashville. Um, I guess basically throughout July. I think we have another coaches' meetings. We're going to meet up later in July um, in Calgary okay. as well. We're going to just have three or four days together where we're all going to, um, in fact, we're, we're doing that Wednesday as well, Wednesday afternoon. So there's, there's going to be meetings where we're going to learn a little bit more of what Ryan's plan is and, and what it's going to look like. But I do know we're going to meet together at the end of July. Then I think uh, upon returning to Nashville, it's going to be basically packing and then getting, uh, 
getting back to Calgary, hopefully beginning or mid-August, somewhere in there, and then get ready for uh, training camp. Well, it's uh, it's it's going to be a real interesting mix with this new coaching staff. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you guys out here and and starting to see how it all comes together. And uh, I guess the last thing we'd say: congratulations on the new gig. Uh, we'll see you in Calgary shortly. And thank you so much for doing this today, Dan. That was uh, that was a fun chat. Thanks for doing it. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, enjoy the heat and the humidity. And uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll probably run into you guys here over the next few days. Yes, absolutely. Would uh, would love to shake your hand and say hi, Dan. So yeah, enjoy the uh, rest of your day. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. That is Dan. Bye-bye. That is Dan Lambert. He is the uh, one of the new assistant coaches for the Calgary Flames. He and Mark Savard, the new additions to Ryan Huska's coaching staff, along with returnees Jason LaBarbera, Kale McLean, and Jamie Pringle. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Barcast Hotline, fifteen-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at sixty sixty Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. It's uh, Pat and Vickers starting to wrap up this hour of Flames talk from Nashville. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, the, the history with Dan and Ryan Huska going back to Kelowna is super yep. interesting. And just the whole idea of, you know, Ryan talked about this on Friday when he joined Flames Talk, the whole idea of both the new additions really offensive minded and have really, really progressive offensive minds and so knowing that and even though Dan is going to be working on the penalty kill and working with the defenseman I just think that's interesting because of how difficult offense was to come by for the Flames last year the two new additions to Ryan's staff he's really uh he's really talked extensively about how they can help this team generate a little bit more on the offensive side of things I think that's a really important element we'll see how it works out again they haven't dropped the puck nothing is is for real or even close to it right now but I do think that's a really important kind of subplot to the whole new coaching staff the other one too is each is going to have their role in terms of the assistance, but there's going to be a lot of collaboration between the group collectively. So I think that's something that's uh, worth keeping an eye on too, because anytime you can bend an ear of a colleague to say, what would you do here? How can we tweak this there? I think that sets up the staff as a whole for success. And then specifically for Dan, no pressure, eh? Inherit the uh, the defense and the penalty kill, something that Ryan Huska took great pride in in running and organizing through his tenure with the Calgary Flames. And lo and behold, you've got your boss's old roles and responsibilities. So uh, no pressure. Uh, thank you very much to Peter Hanlon of the Flames for setting that up uh, this hour. Uh, new assistant coach Dan Lambert. On top of that, Michael Backlund on his King Clancy Memorial Trophy finalist situation as Monday night we'll find out if Michael wins the King Clancy at the 2023 NHL Awards. Lots more this week from Nashville and the 2023 NHL Draft as we've got extensive coverage for you, uh, including lots on Tuesday. Try to get you some more exclusive stuff. Todd Button, see if we can track down Craig Conroy, but we're not necessarily anticipating hearing from Craig publicly before the draft, as we talked about a little earlier this hour. Our coverage from the NHL draft in Nashville as we start to wrap up this hour. Thanks to Taylor back in Calgary for holding down the fort and producing this hour. Uh, Brought to you by our friends at South Trail Chrysler and by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Summer's here and so is high staff turnover. Reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. Calgary Lock and safe.com.